Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Church planting's difficult no matter what. Now add into that hurricanes, other natural disasters, and the global pandemic. Join us today as we continue our series on church planting in chaotic circumstances. Hey, thank you so much for being with us today as we continue in our discussion about uh, the mission in the middle of crisis and conflict. Uh, we're in a world today where things are uh, really falling apart. It feels like there's a whole lot of problems and issues and uh, you know, it makes it very difficult for pastors and for those who are serving in missionary uh, in missionary settings. And today, we've got one of our colleagues, Keelan Cook. And Keelan uh, was a student here, currently is a student, a PhD student at Southeastern, uh, got his, his master's degree here. You've heard from Keelan before on our People's Next Door segment, but today we'll talk to him from a different matter. Keelan has been serving uh, as, a, as a mission strategist uh, in Houston, Texas. So Keelan, talk to us just a minute about, uh, about yourself and about the ministry that God's placed you in, in there in Houston. Yeah, sir, uh, sure thing. So I moved out to Houston about four years ago from there in Wake Forest uh, to take a role with the association here in, in Houston. Our association is called the Union Baptist Association. And it's one of the larger ones in the country. Houston's a really big city. And we've got a good number of churches in our association. It's somewhere probably around 350 or so uh, churches. So big city, a lot of churches. Uh, and the primary role I'm in out here, so I'm the associate director in our association out here. And the primary role I'm in is really helping those churches think through what it means to, well, really do mission, fulfill the Great Commission together. Like, how, how do we do that as a, as a group of churches that are networked together? And man, it's, it's been a fun ride. It's been a wild ride, but it winds up looking like a lot of different things at different times. Uh, you mentioned a wild ride, and, and that's true uh, oftentimes of ministry in general, but particularly as you move to a new area, and you're not just working with one church, multiple churches. But uh, Keelan, oftentimes we talk about kind of ministry or mission in crisis, and it really seems appropriate this year with 2020 uh, we could list all the different crises, and, and you're in the middle of that. But, uh, but you've experienced that even uh, even before 2020, uh, when you first moved there. And so ministry's hard enough as it is. Probably your role is difficult anyway. But now talk about how all of this kind of chaos and crisis, and then of course this year from pandemics to unrest and riots. How has that be really impacted your community specifically? And Houston, but also as you minister uh, and as you connect with these churches, what are you seeing? What's the impact of all of this? Yeah, so it's funny. When I moved out to Houston, my initial desire and goal for moving out here was really going to be to help focuses, uh, churches rather, focus on uh, engaging a lot of the international population we have here in Houston. Houston's, depending on which metric you use, one of the most diverse, the most diverse city in the United States. There's foreign-born peoples from all over the place. What a great opportunity to come help churches think mm -hmm. about cross-cultural ministry in their own backyard, right? 
So I get here to Houston. My mind is really kind of focused on how do we help churches engage in this? And I've got these dreams of doing this kind of ministry and less than six months in. So I'm still figuring out how to get to the office from my house. And <laughs> less than six months in, um, Hurricane Harvey bears down on oh. us in Houston. So that was really kind of my introduction to ministry here. And whereas wow. I thought my first year or so was really going to be putting in place programs and practices to help churches with thing A, the cross-cultural mm -hmm. ministry, it turned, it pivoted real fast. And I found myself in more of a disaster response role than I had ever really imagined myself in. Wow. And so we spent a good portion really of that next year, everything kind of went on hold as we started thinking through churches, church buildings that were destroyed or flooded. We had churches that were literally picked up off of their foundation. The building was and drug mm -hmm. down the street. You had churches that didn't get hit at all that were saying, how do we help? You have churches that uh, the building for their facilities was fine, but hundreds in their church congregation, their homes had flooded and they were now functionally homeless. And so trying to navigate a network of churches and the various resources to help one another in crisis and then interact with the outpouring of help we had from around the country to engage in ministry here um, was it was really an interesting dynamic to find yourself in and then you ended up in so you got through that in about 2018 2019 and life started to get normal again and then 2020 hit and uh, you've had a couple other crises that have snuck in just this year, hadn't you? Talk to us about the new crises that you're facing. Yeah, so the biggie on the eye chart, of course, your 2020 is COVID and the pandemic that um, is a result of, of that scenario. And again, we're a major metro area and major metro areas are disproportionately impacted by the COVID reality. Um, but 2020 has been a snowball for us, just like it has everybody else. So you come into the 2020 situation, we're figuring out how to help churches of all different stripes. Uh, so we've got some, some of the biggest mega churches in the country here in Houston that are part of our association. And we've got dozens and dozens of churches that are under 150. Uh, some of those really traditional churches, your population of those churches somewhat a little more elderly. You've got some young church plants that are meeting in rented facilities like a school building. So kind of all across the map, COVID happens. How do we help churches with an aging population transition to being online only? How do we help a church plant that rents a school facility find a way to meet again when schools really aren't going to open themselves back up for the opportunity to have extra events and things? How do you help a mega church figure out the, the mechanisms necessary to help all of their people be ministered to in a time like this? And so it looks so very different dealing with the different avenues of that concerning church life. Because, you know, all churches are different in some regard and every congregation's got its own unique mix. And for some, the, a thing that was an issue for one church wasn't an issue at all for another church. They had that hand. Uh, and so trying to find that unique mix and then figure out how churches could help one another in that. So that's, mm -hmm. that's how the year started for us. And then, mm -hmm. of course, with the, the racial tension that has, has occurred here nationally. So right. in particular, the George Floyd situation, like George was from Houston 
And right. so that created a very unique atmosphere and environment here for ministry as well and helping our churches mm -hmm. think about how to navigate that both in their situation in the community and also internally. How do we help our congregation think through these issues well, be a good witness in a time like this? Um, that's created for us some ongoing conversations here in the city that have actually been really helpful for our churches. Uh, some new lanes of dialogue have opened up among various levels of churches and different groups of churches in our city that I think have proven really fruitful through some of that. And then here in the last, I guess it's been about a month now, sometime in this last month, uh, hurricane, hurricane season is, is back again, right? So we recently had a near miss here in Houston with Hurricane Laura, but just to the east of us got hammered. Yeah. And so we're in a reverse paradigm now when it comes to Hurricane Laura. The area in Lake Charles, just on the other side of the state line in Lake Charles, Louisiana, really got hit hard. Um, there's most of the area over there still has no electricity. A good portion of it has no running water still. Uh, and so they're in kind of extreme crisis right now on that side of the line. And we're sitting here in Houston, the biggest Metro that's close by with, like I said, 350 churches trying to think through what does it look like for us to be a good neighbor in this moment? And how do we, how do we reach out and how do we serve during Harvey? We were the recipients of so many people coming from that side of the border to help out here. And we now find ourselves in a situation where what does it look like for us to return the favor well? So it's been kind of a waterfall of crisis for us in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. Uh, but no, really with that, Keelan, uh, what, what I think our listeners are hearing, what we're hearing is that as, you, as we think about ministry, and, and clearly 2020 stands out because there are no playbooks for it or, or for what uh, folks, whether it be church planters or pastors or missionaries or others have had to deal with. But even what I hear and hearing from you and, and in and around Houston is that uh, really ministry isn't about getting to this place of chaos free or conflict free or uh, challenge free, that that's always going to happen. There are just moments and seasons where uh, it's really more obvious and, and in some ways more difficult. Uh, and so it's not just true in Houston, it's true across the country. Uh, and so for our listeners, those that are uh, walking with us right now, listening to us right now, that might be facing either similar uh, or really different kind of challenges. Uh, they're in a season of chaos. Uh, what kind of advice would you give them uh, just based on, I mean, you've walked it for the last four or more years, even this perspective of recipient versus now being a conduit uh, to be a good neighbor. Uh, what kind of advice would you give? What kind of encouragement might you give a church planter, uh, a, a pastor, or a missionary who's in just really some chaotic circumstances right now? This episode is brought to you by Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Southeastern Seminary exists to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. We're located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and offer over 40 degrees, bachelors of arts, all the way to our doctors of philosophy. The Master of Divinity is Southeastern's flagship degree for anyone seeking to be thoroughly equipped to serve the church in a variety of ways. 
Since 1950, Southeastern Seminary has grown to a student body of more than 5,000 students who seek to minister in the United States and around the world. Southeastern believes that theological education is more than just building your knowledge. It's about becoming who God has called you to be. No matter how God is calling you to serve, Southeastern will come alongside you, help you grow in your faith, and help you go to reach a lost world. If you're interested in learning more about Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary and what we can provide for you as you prepare, go online to sebts.edu to find out where God might be calling you and how we can equip you to fulfill his mission. Yeah, so if 2020 in particular has taught me anything when it comes to trying to figure out missions and ministry, ministry is not what happens once you get past the disruption. Mm. Ministry is what you do in the midst of the disruption. Uh, the idea that there's a time around the corner when things get back to normal, when life settles down and I get to determine what all my priorities are and just do things the way I want to do them, so I've been here for four years and that hadn't happened yet. Uh, and the longer I'm here, the more I'm realizing, you know, figuring out how to do ministry, how to accomplish the Great Commission, either as a local church leader or helping a network of churches, like, like uh, the role that I find myself in now. It's really figuring out how to do ministry in the midst of constant disruption, because that's really how life is presented to us. And uh, in that, I think healthy local church ministry kind of sits at the intersection of, well, let's say three things, really. So you, you've got this kind of unchanging foundation that is the biblical mission and identity of the church, right? That's a, right. That's a given to us. We don't choose our mission. It was given to us by Christ. Uh, that's unchanging. Uh, we're not coming up with a new mission periodically. We've got one handed to us. However, there are two other things that intersect with that, I think. One of those is the unique makeup of the congregation that you have. Your church is different than every other church, if for no other reason, because it's a different set of people. Mm. And so you have a unique uh, set of resources at your disposal. You have a neat, unique set of challenges at your disposal. And add to that the third aspect of the context in which God has placed your church for ministry. And you've really got a unique recipe for mm -hmm. how to navigate healthy church ministry. So what does it look like for us to bring the biblical mission to bear with a unique congregation in a unique context? And that's a, I, th I think that's the challenge that you, you need to think through that lens mm -hmm. in order to be able to engage with meaning in the midst of these kind of disruptions. That's great, man. So th what kind of, um, let's, let's just turn a little bit personal, Keelan, if you will. What, what's the Lord teaching you, Keelan Cook? What's the Lord teaching the cooks? in the middle of this crisis, you and Meredith, and you got a, a baby girl, you got another baby on the way, but what's God doing spiritually in your life in the middle of this crisis and the ministry yeah. of the crisis? Yeah, no, there's, so there's a ton we can talk about there. Uh, Cause I do, I feel like, I feel like this has been a, a good point of reflection, self-reflection for our family in particular. So one of the things, and this almost sounds cliche, because um, it's kind of the thing you're supposed to say. The situation in 2020 has really showed us the significance of but just how 
irreducibly embodied the church actually is, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So we've been holed up, uh, and we're, we're kind of back out and at it here in Houston some now, but we spent several months here kind of in lockdown. Our specific church is just now getting back to a point where we feel like we can pull people together on a, on a semi-regular to regular basis in person. And early on, my wife and I were really experiencing the joys of getting to spend a lot of time together that we didn't normally get to spend together. And like you said, I've got a one-year-old. And so the last several months has been me getting to spend a lot more time at home with the one-year-old as she's been growing up. And, and that's been a real joy. So we, we, in the beginning, learned a lot about being able to grow together as a family. Uh, and that was just kind of a gift that was handed to us in the middle of this. But as time wore on, we started realizing in an experiential way what it's like to be pulled away from that church community and fellowship. Mm. And we regularly see everybody on Zoom. Mm. But there's just something lacking when you can't mm-hmm. get together in a room and worship the Lord together. Uh, and you can't get together in fellowship in, in those kind of ways. And so that's, right. that's one that's probably hit a lot of people, but that's been one of the sharpest lessons for us. And again, this idea of the best laid plans of mice and men, right? Like we've really learned to sit back and try to think about how to do ministry and disruption. And what does that look like for us? And so that's been a, it's been a lesson for our churches, I think, but it's also been a lesson for me and my wife personally. How do we figure out how to align our priorities around doing what we've been called to do in the midst of of disruption instead of perhaps waiting until that ideal time that never comes? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You've already kind of hit on this, Keelan, but but just to kind of put a point on that as you think about where you've been, where you are, where you're headed uh, in terms of chaos and ministry and all the disruptions, what what would you say keeps you hopeful in the midst of just the wearying <laughs> season of life, ministry, and disruption? And then uh, maybe tack on to the back end of that, what is a way that our listeners could be praying really, as you talk about kind of representing being the voice of these churches in and around Houston, these 350 churches, what's a way that they could be praying for them? So what keeps you hopeful? How could we be praying? Yeah, so uh, the hopeful question is really easy for me to answer. Um, By virtue of working with so many churches, I get to hear all of the things God's doing in so many different churches in our city. And that's one of the rare benefits I get of kind of a bird's eye view of how the Lord's working in a bunch of our churches together on some things. Uh, I had two different conversations this past week with pastors who have told me that despite what you would expect, they, they had both had a story of someone who randomly found their live streams on Facebook, reached wow. out to the church after watching several of those. They're, these are not, these are unchurched people, but the, the circumstances had had it all it was weighing heavy on their hearts and so they started seeking for answers found their church online reached out and both of those people at this point have become believers and are starting to walk in obedience with that church and it's different churches and i I got to hear that same story and so you start seeing some patterns like that that develop and it shows you that god is really at work in the midst of all of this disruption and uh, and so that's that's probably the easy answer to that one is I get to see that on a regular basis. As far as mm-hmm. prayer, man, we've got some dreams out here in Houston that we would love to see our churches partake in and trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah. yeah. In the midst of the crazy. Yeah. So what does it look like 
the constant question I'm asking myself and the constant question we're trying to get our churches to answer is what does it look like for them to fulfill the Great Commission, not in silos, but together? Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm a firm believer in the fact that there's no one church can reach a city, full stop. Mm. Right. You can't yep. do it. We need to cooperate. And mm. you know, as Southern Baptists, that's the thing that we land heavy on is, is cooperation for mission right. anyways. But what does that look like in practice? How do we really okay. tease that out at the church-to-church level and the way that they engage in a city together? That's kind of our pressing issue here and the pressing thing we're trying to figure out on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And so prayer that we'd have some clarity in that and prayer that we'd have churches yeah. starting to work in some really cooperative ministry in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the, a model and example for other churches in our area and then maybe even beyond. Yeah. Yeah, we'll pray for that. You know, maybe how the churches can be together on God's mission. I might know a book by that title. (laughs) Anyway, let's pray. (laughs) (laughs) Let me pray for you and for the work and ministry in and around Houston, Keelan. Uh, Lord God, we do come before you and we do so. uh, We are just reminded today of encouragement and hope, uh, even in those seasons and times, which honestly seems to be uh, all of life uh, and even ministry, that uh, our hope isn't in uh, the disruptions uh, going away. Our hope isn't in the chaos dissipating. Our hope isn't in having challenge-free ministry, although we do pray for seasons of rest and restoration. Our hope is in, even in the midst of these challenging times, even in the midst of chaos, that uh, you are still God, you are still good, and you are still working. And Lord, we've heard testimony to that today, so we do pray for Keelan, his family, and his work. Lord, we do pray for these churches in and around Houston, these 350 churches, that uh, as they move forward, that they would do so in unity uh, uh, around the Great Commission, and that they really would uh, have your wisdom as they seek uh, to live out the Great Commission in really tangible ways uh, in Houston, outside of Houston, and to the ends of the earth. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Scent Life, uh, as we've heard from Keelan. Uh, and have a better understanding of church planting uh, in chaotic circumstances around Houston. We hope you'll continue to tune in and continue to pray for the work and ministry in that part of our country. 